section eighty six of the inheritance of, by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter fifteen o fair ladies how pleasing war this life of yours if it should ever abide and then in the end that we might pass to heaven with all this gay gear john knox meanwhile the day of the ball arrived and even in the greatest of great houses a ball causes more or less of confusion and commotion mrs st clair had in vain remonstrated against it her remonstrances indeed were rather reproaches as the cards had been issued before she had even been consulted and the preparations made upon the most splendid scale had all been arranged by the countess and colonel delmore aided by some of their friends they were to come early to assist her in receiving the company and she was dressed and her apartments lighted in due time she walked through them with almost childish delight all was light and flowers and perfume and her own figure radiant in beauty and pleasure flashed upon her in all directions from the magnificent mirrors as they gave back the brilliant scene in almost endless succession she had stopped at one of them to alter something about her hair when in the long vista she perceived the servant ushering in a gentleman who she immediately concluded must be delmore she turned round to meet him with a smile but to her amazement she beheld not her lover but her guardian lindsay mr lindsay my dear cousin exclaimed she but there was more of surprise than pleasure in the accent in which the words were uttered how where have you dropped from the moon no dear gertrude said he as he affectionately shook her hand you have given me a long journey but not quite so long a one as that i come from scotland from scotland repeated lady rossville in some confusion as her conscience smote her at the sound and how long have you been in town only since the morning that is my morning which i suppose is your daybreak for i called such is my vulgarity about noon and was told my lady was not up i left my card and called again at three when i was told my lady had just gone out and here i am now it seems just in time for my lady's ball will you indeed stay cried gertrude rather at a loss to ascertain whether he were in jest or earnest that will add so much to my pleasure that is i but indeed i never heard you had called and i forgot to look over my cards this morning is that all you have forgot gertrude inquired lindsay in a somewhat reproachful tone i fear not said she with a smile and a blush but the one was forced the other natural but this is not the time for me to remember all i have forgot when is the time then gertrude oh any time you know that that any morning any morning sometimes means no day does it not said lindsay but i have come far on purpose to see you and to talk with you since you will not write to me and i must know when you will be disengaged spoken like a guardian indeed said the countess with an affected laugh but since you must know i must candidly confess that i really cannot at this precise moment recollect what my engagements are to-morrow i know i made a party to go to richmond by water to breakfast i wish to get out of the way of the debris of to-night and what follows why we shall probably dine there and return in the evening when i have several engagements and the day after to-morrow can i see you then what day is that friday i rather think yes indeed i remember now i engaged to give tournerelli a sitting at a very early hour and as i forgot once before if i fail this time he will certainly make a gorgon or a medusa of me but you will join our party to richmond to-morrow and then we can talk it all over pray do 
lindsay sighed ah gertrude what changed days since those we passed at rossville together i little thought then you would have grudged half an hour from your pleasures to bestow upon your friend you surely would not have me break my engagement said the countess with some pique on the contrary it was to remind you of them that chiefly brought me here said lindsay mildly but gravely but i would have you choose the lesser evil that which will give least pain to others your gay friends will not break their hearts i dare say although you should disappoint them to-morrow but there are others gertrude with whom you have made engagements of more consequence and whose happiness is in your hands it is for them i would intercede lady rossville coloured deeply and rising said it will have rather a ridiculous effect for you and i to be found sitting here in grave debate discussing our parish business in the ballroom the place is at least as ill-chosen as the time added she somewhat haughtily as she moved away for a moment lindsay seemed too much hurt to reply but recollecting himself he said upon my own account i certainly would not intrude where i am evidently so unwelcome but i have undertaken a task which i must perform i have engaged to remind lady rossville of her promise and more to get that promise fulfilled the countess remained silent but her countenance betrayed the agitation of her mind at that moment the knocker sounded an alarm you have refused to fix an hour to see me said lindsay i will therefore name one to wait upon you to-morrow at one i will be here gertrude made no reply but hurried forward to receive lady charles colonel delmore and a succession of friends who now came pouring in delmore's astonishment at sight of lindsay could only be equalled by his dissatisfaction and the meeting on both sides was cold and distant mrs st clair now made her appearance lady augusta and her daughters followed and lindsay was soon overwhelmed with expressions of surprise and pleasure from all quarters but he contrived to disengage himself from them and disappeared lindsay has been giving you a godly exhortation against the sinfulness of dancing i suppose said delmore as he led gertrude to open the ball and you look almost as grave as though you had the fear of the kirk session before your eyes gertrude smiled and the exhilarating effects of the music and all the concomitants of a brilliant ball soon dispelled the unpleasant thoughts which lindsay's appearance had excited all was enchantment while it lasted and the countess believed she was happy but the morrow told another tale when she awoke to the realities of life and found the delusion had vanished leaving only dust and rubbish to mark where it had been it was near the hour when lindsay had said he was to call but she had not promised to receive him it was disagreeable to see anybody that morning her head ached her house was in confusion her servants were all stupid with wine or sleep nothing was as it ought to be then two o'clock was the hour when she was to set off for richmond and she should be so hurried no it was impossible quite impossible it was unreasonable to expect that she should be able to enter on business all at once so wholly unprepared and she resolved to send her excuse but just then her maid entered to say that mr lindsay was below but as he was in no hurry begged her ladyship might not be disturbed there was no evading this and with a mixture of haste and delay she prepared for the interview End of section eighty six